Welcome to the School of Faith podcast. This is a podcast from Awakening Church in the Silicon Valley. We exist to awaken this generation to new life in Jesus Christ. And we're so glad you're with us. My name's Chris. I'm one of the pastors. And this is a part of our School of Faith podcast series called Creed Questions. We're going through a season as a church through the Apostles' Creed, this ancient articulation of the faith. And we're saying, when we articulate this, when we confess this, questions arise. And so we're taking space on the podcast to deal with those questions as we learn to continue to confess this historic faith. We're so glad that you're with us. Well, today's question comes from the first line of the creed. We talked last week about, man, why do we even need a creed? Why do I even need to say, I believe? Today, I want to talk about the confession of God being a father. Do we have to call God a father? Can we call him mother? Can we call him just another kind of name? What about the pronouns that we have to use for God? Those are difficult and often maybe confusing in the 21st century to use. Do I have to call God Father or can I call him any name that I would like? This is a good question. And it's also a question that's rooted in culture. That's one of the first things I want to affirm and recognize is that not all generations have asked this question and not all cultures have asked this question. So stop and consider whenever we ask a question, if it's coming from culture. This is what um, Dr. Tim Keller says to doubt our doubts, <laughs> or I would say question our questions. So you have the question, do we have to call God the Father? And um, the question against that question is, well, why ask that question? Many cultures have no problem with talking to God as Father. Many cultures throughout history have never had the problem with calling God a Father. So could it be particular to this generation and this culture that this question arises? Does that merit it to be a good question? That alone is something to consider. But let's take the question because it is in the culture and it is in our space right now to kind of consider and think about. I want to give you a couple of thoughts based on Luke chapter 11 of do we need to call God the Father? If we're calling God any name, where did it come from? Well, God's fatherhood is talked throughout all of scripture, but it really becomes highlighted in the ministry of Jesus Christ. So the first thing we want to mention is that Jesus called God Father, and Jesus instructed his followers to call God the Father. Luke chapter 11, verse 1 says, Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples came to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. Right? They're just asking, hey, God, Jesus, teach us to pray. And he said to them, when you pray, say this, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come. And he gives a version of the Lord's prayer here in Luke chapter 11. When his disciples asked him the question, teach us to pray, Jesus responded quite clearly and quite emphatically, start like this, call God father. He didn't say, ah, just call God whatever you want and say whatever you want. He says, no, address God as your heavenly father and pray with these things in mind. We call God Father because Jesus called God Father, 
And Jesus told us to call God the Father. This means that while we may have trouble with the metaphor and some of the gender dynamics within it, there's still truth in this metaphor and this word that Jesus is trying to point to. Let me say that in another way. There's something here for us. Don't ignore the scriptural metaphors because they don't land with your culture. Scriptural metaphors around agriculture, for example, we have to really examine those. We can't just take Jesus's parable of the soil and start talking about Jesus's parable of the cell phone just because it fits better with our culture. Certainly we need analogies and metaphors, but we have to more deeply inspect the original teachings of Jesus. So there's something for us in this God the Father thing. And here's just a couple of reasons maybe why this metaphor is important. Because it teaches us something about the nature of God. First, it teaches us God creates life, right? In the creed, you confess, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. This points us to Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created. God created the heavens and the earth. Everything you see around you, God created. Well, perhaps in the metaphor of father, there's something there. Fathers are people who create life or have created life. And God is someone who has created life, right? I'm a father. I have a little boy, Jude. I, with the partnership of my wife, created life. Part of the reason fathers exist is fathers are fathers because they created life. Perhaps Jesus is pointing us to one reality of being um, God in calling him father to point uh, to this deep reality that God creates life. But God doesn't only create life. God sustains life. You know, James 1, 7 says, every good and perfect gift comes from the father of heavenly lights. Um, constantly throughout the Psalms, God is mentioned as the one who upholds the world. Uh, Isaiah talks about God, the expanse of the world fitting in the palm of his hands, nations being like a drop of a bucket. God sustains life in the same way that a father creates life. The father also sustains the life of that child as the child grows up. So likewise, so does God. God also sustains for our life. He not only sustains life, he also provides in our life the way that a father provides. And Jesus even teaches this. Luke 11, which I was telling you earlier, where Jesus says, call God father, later says, um, what father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead give, uh, instead, will instead of a fish, give him a serpent, or if he asks for an egg, is going to give him a scorpion. If you then, who are evil, Jesus says, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the heavenly father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Yeah, God doesn't just create and sustain life, he provides for us. In the way that a father provides, one of the reasons Jesus instructs you to confess God as a father and pray to God as your father is in order to teach you that God is your provider. He says, look, even the worst fathers um, are in some ways an example or a counterexample to the way God provides for us. So many of us have troubled histories with our fathers. I myself have that history. It was hard for me to reconcile with calling God a father because I didn't have necessarily the best constant earthly father as an example. But it did help clarify for me what a father really is. 
and how God's heavenly fatherness is separated from an earthly father. You know, Jesus says, look, if you who are evil, I love that he says that in Luke 11, if you do this, just imagine how much more God will provide for your life. So it sometimes serves as a good example, or sometimes the earthly father serves as a counterexample to help you though still clarify, no, here's who God is to me. God is the good heavenly father. Not only is, does God provide for our life, but God, um, just like a good father, disciplines us and instructs us. God disciplines us like a father and instructs us like a father. Look at Hebrews chapter 12. In Hebrews 12, uh, the writer who we don't know who it necessarily is, he says this in Hebrews 12 verse 7. God is treating you as sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? If you are left without discipline, in which all have participated, then you are illegitimate children and sons. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us, and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of Spirit and live? For they disciplined us for a short time, and it seemed best to them. But he disciplines us for our good that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. And the writer goes on to say, therefore, lift your drooping hands and strengthen your weak knees. In other words, could God be acting as a father in your life to slightly correct you? Yeah, he should. If we call God a, a father, we have the rights and abilities to reckon with the differences between earthly and heavenly father. We got to wrestle through that. Sometimes that process, and I know for myself, it has been painful. But in wrestling with this, I have separated and been able to understand through community, through reading God's word, through accountability and older authoritative figures in my life who have taught me the ways of Jesus I've realized, you know what? There is a good way God disciplines. Yeah, many of us have maybe been disciplined in a bad way and have been hurt. And that is not of the heart of God. And that is not God's ways. But God's ways is still corrective. God does not abuse us. God does not harm us. God corrects us, Scripture says, for our good and for the development of our righteousness. And so don't miss that piece in confessing God. Why do we call God Father? Well, there's something in us to teach us about the discipline and love. And very finally, the reason we call God a Father, the reason that Jesus gave us this metaphor is because God loves us and God loves you. And a good Father loves his people, loves his children. And this is what Jesus says in John 14, verse 21. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, whoever has my commandments and keep, keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. I love that line. He who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. 
God loves us. And one of the reasons we call God Father is to remind us that he loves us the way that a father loves a child, the way that a good father loves a child. And when we realize that, Jesus says, when we love God, God will manifest himself to us as we obey the commands. Manifest himself. What does that mean? That God, through the loving kindness of his fatherhood, will reveal his nature to us as we follow him as his children. And this is a beautiful and mysterious and lovely way to end. Is one of the ways we need to recognize God as Father is to learn that God loves us. Some of us have had earthly fathers and difficulties, and we don't know how to be loved, let alone how to love. We are broken. We don't know how to love, and we don't know how to receive it. When we meet God, we meet the perfect Father who has loved us, who has given himself up for us, who has died for us, who has laid his life down for us. And when we come to know that reality, we come to know the beauty of calling God our Father. We call God our Father to know what love is. And see, the, the answer to that is not to run away from the metaphor of Father or to run away from the idea of the Father's love, but to dive more deeply into it, to understand its mysteries, its dynamics, its own difficulties, but also its beauty. And so may you confess that you believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and may his grace, peace, and love be with you. Thank you.